Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of The Hangover. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me is Shannon White. Real football is finally here. How excited are you about this uh, this week? Oh, we, we've just been waiting with bated breath. And now now it's upon us. We're going to discuss everything we're looking for this weekend. And I'm just stoked. I, I'm ready. We, we'll have football for months now to come. I'm happy. Yeah, me too. And, and no better opponent to go up against than the San Francisco 49ers, a team that made it all the way up to the NFC Championship. And who knows how far they could have gone had they not had that quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. So they're coming in relatively, I think, a little bit banged up as a team. The Steelers are going in relatively healthy. But before we get to it, let's talk about some breaking news that occurred earlier today. Captains for the 2023 season, Cam Hayward and TJ Watt on defense, Kenny Pickett on offense, and Miles Killebrew on special teams. Seems like they're missing one. What are your thoughts? No, I think that uh, uh, it says a lot when your second year, 25-year-old quarterback is your only offensive captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's the way it should be. They're going to look to him for the, uh, his leadership. He showed incredible leadership in the offseason and work ethic and dedication. He had a marvelous preseason, and they're going to go as far as he can take them. I heard some people mention, why wasn't Audrey Harris a uh, captain this year? You know, they change it up sometimes, but usually it is your quarterback. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett's earned it, and I have no problem with that. I, I don't either, but that does beg the question. I know you answered part of it, Najee Harris not being there. Uh, last season, the Steelers had Najee Harris and Mitch Trubisky as the, the captains on the offense. And, you know, I guess the, the word is, is it possible that the Steelers learned from their lesson by putting in a player last year in Mitch Trubisky that uh, there was a likelihood that he wasn't going to finish the season as a starter and maybe perhaps looking at Jalen Warren. I don't buy into it, but what are your thoughts? Oh, it has nothing to do with Harris, uh, right. whether they're satisfied with him or his leadership. He is a good leader. But again, <laughs> if it can be your quarterback, it should be. That's the only reason Trubisky was named uh, a captain last year because he had NFL experience. Really, nobody else hardly had that same experience. He just didn't have his experience with the Steelers. And but that shows that they thought he had a chance to be the starter all season, but it just didn't work out. But this year, there's no doubt that Kenny Pickett is the leader and he's team captain. Yeah, I I like the fact that that Kenny Pickett is the team captain as well. He's kind of taken on that role as the leader of the team and he stepped forward into it. He seems like a leader. He seems like a guy that uh, can carry it back when times get tough. I mean, that was one of the things that he did well last season was overcome adversity. Uh, many times, especially during some uh, very late moments in games with a lot of things on the line, for instance, you know, the Baltimore game at the end, the Raiders game, you know, playoffs mm-hmm. were, were a distant hope, but still a hope. And, you know, if they lost any of those games, they were completely out. Other news were players some new numbers. You had Desmond King being number 25, uh, Marcus Golden, 44, and Quan Alexander, 54. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about their their numbers? Any, you like them? Do you like Quan Alexander at 54? Yeah, I know that some of the guys wanted to wear single digits and the Steelers mm-hmm. just as a franchise don't want to do that. I think it's fine if they would let them do it, but you know, if they don't want to, you got to respect their tradition. Uh, I'm glad to get Quan Alexander out of that 26. Uh, yeah. I did not like that at all. Defensive back's one thing, but not as the inside linebacker. So I like 54. I think it's a good number for him. A golden is 44. That'll look good on, uh, you know, rushing the quarterback air. Of course, 25 for, for King, and we're, you know, we're glad to have him. So. Yeah, I like all those numbers. Yeah, I do too. I really I really wish we could see a single-digit number at the linebacker position, but I think it's going to be a while before the Steelers do it. Uh, I wanted to but, say Washington was zero. Oh, dude, he I wanted, wanted to. He wanted to wear also, zero. Yeah. yeah if, he, if he would have gotten a zero, I think I would have already ordered his jersey. Yeah, you know, really? Even, yeah. even before training camp, just because it would have been awesome. It would have been uh, awesome, yeah. In other news, getting to you know, the Steelers going up against the 49ers this week as they uh, – 
host the 49ers this week at Akershore Stadium. There's some news going out there that George Kittle, tight end for the 49ers, may not be making it for this game. He has a groin injury and apparently hasn't been practicing for quite a while. Uh, what are your thoughts on how big Kittle is for uh, the 49ers and big of will his loss mean to them as a team? Well, Kittle's had, he's dealt with his groin injuries before mm-hmm. and he missed the first two games last year. I think he's missed the first two openers in a row, the last two, and there's a chance he'll miss this one. Even if he does play, the Niners are taking a chance because a slight groin pull can become something more serious. And then you have him out for weeks. You think that the Niners would err on the side of caution and hold him out if he's not 100%. In the game, the two biggest mismatches on offense for the Niners is Kittle and McCaffrey. So if you have Kittle out, you can focus more on McCaffrey in the middle of the field, which I think would be a really good development for the Steelers. And I don't want to see Kittle get injured. I like Kittle. And I don't want to see him get injured and miss a lot of time. So if he misses the Steelers game, it's probably smart. Yeah. One hundred percent. but they you know the 49ers as a team are kind of banged up. You know, Brock Purdy's coming back off of his uh surgery to his elbow. Uh Taylor Noah Hufenga safety is mm-hmm. you know dealing with a knee issue that he was dealing with throughout training camp. Uh he started practice today, but I don't think he's gonna be hundred percent. And just a bunch of other guys that are out there. You also have Nick Bosa, who's in a contract situation. Do you think that Nick Bosa ends up playing in this game? I don't think he will if he does sign. Because, you know, today's Monday. If he signs tomorrow or Wednesday, he's not going to have much time. There's no way he's in game shape. Mm -hmm. He could go a few uh, limited snaps, but there's no way he'd be in game shape. And a lot of people want to talk about, well, TJ, you know, he come and – but TJ did a set in, and he was Mm -hmm. working out. You know, on the side fields and stuff, whereas Bosa has not been in a camp and, and he's been holding out. So we don't know what shape he's in, but it takes a little while to get into game shape. They're hitting him at the right time because that, that'll give our offensive line a little bit of a break. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think that it would be huge if he ends up, uh, you know, not well, regardless if he plays. I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, he He's nowhere going to be in game shape. I don't think he's going to be able to take on majority of the snaps. He's probably going to be on a snap count and, you know, I think that's going to do well for the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line and Dan Moore in particular, who has had some better luck with some of the tougher edge rushers in his career. It seems to be the uh, not so great ones that give him the trouble. But when he goes up against like a Miles Garrett or or anybody else that's somewhat um, you know notarized out there as being a great edge, he's played well. And so I'm excited about that. I think that the Steelers are going in there with a, a, their head high. How confident are you in this team that they're going to be able to, you know, go in there and not fall to any, I guess, pressure, any of those type of things going up against a team that is is favored? You know, the Steelers are, are underdogs. Do you think they prefer that in this situation? The Steelers are pretty successful as home underdogs. The Steelers have one of the top three records in the NFL uh, over the last 20 years at home. I think I've seen that their home as a home underdog, they're really good. I believe the Niners were the best team in the NFC last year. Mm-hmm. I think they were actually even better than the Eagles. I think they would have beat the Eagles if Purdy hadn't hurt his arm. That that decided that game right there. When The moment he hurt his elbow, that was a ball game. So the Steelers have a stern test right out of the box. The good thing is, as we said, you know, Kettle, Bosa, there's some other injuries. They're catching the Niners at a good time, I believe. And it's in Pittsburgh. Uh, We know the Niners lost in Chicago to open the season last year. You know, of course, that was before Brock Purdy took over. And, and, you know, they they went on their, as they usually do, they get stronger as the season goes on, which is Mm -hmm. something I want to see the Steelers start to do. And that's good coaching. Uh, And they are a very well-coached football team. They're a very well-put-together football team. They got a really good roster from top to bottom. And they went out and got Javon Hargrave to – 
man the middle. So their defense is even better now than mm-hmm. it was last year. So it's going to be a really stern test for the Steelers. But I believe that this offensive line is substantially better than last year's offensive line. Mm-hmm. And I believe they're going to match up well. Uh, I like that interior going up against Hargrave and, and Warren, Warner and some of the guys they have in the middle of that defense. And I, I believe that, that Kenny Pickett is going to rise to the challenge because he's always going to be compared to Brock Purdy. Because mm-hmm. Kenny was the first quarterback taken, and Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. You know, you look at him and you're like, what's the huge difference? Mm-hmm. Where was Kenny Pickett, you know, the first quarterback taken, and Purdy was the last? And uh, so he, there's always going to be that comparison going on, because I believe both are going to have good NFL careers. I think so as well. But do you think that there's a little bit more added on Kenny Pickett to outperform Purdy just because of that factor that he was the first quarterback selected? You know, do you think that if if Purdy ends up performing better than Pickett, that that's going to be some sort of you know talking motion for the you know NFL mainstream media to to go up against Pickett? So in essence, who do you think this game is more important for? Has more pressure, being that he's the first round draft pick, trying to establish himself as a franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're talking about two of the the most storied franchises in NFL history, mm-hmm. and you know Steelers got six, Niners got five. I mean. These are two of the top. So what a matchup week one. And mm-hmm. then when you you throw that out there, again, is Mr. Irrelevant and then coming back off this elbow injury and he hasn't got much uh, playing time this preseason, I think there's less pressure on Purdy. He's mm-hmm. got a substantial roster around him and they helped carry him last year. Mm-hmm. This year, he's going to have to take the next step to get them to the next step, which would be the Super Bowl. Whereas... Pickett's really, this is his first year as starter uh, to begin the season. Same with Purdy. But he's got a much better roster this year. They've made a lot of additions and a lot of improvements. But I think Pickett definitely has more pressure on him just from the expectations of the fan base. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Niners moved on from Trey Lance, a guy they traded the farm for uh, three first-round picks, if I was thinking. And and they let him go or traded him uh, because they're all in on Brock Purdy. And I think Brock Purdy's a better quarterback than Trey Lance. I don't know if Trey Lance will ever have the instincts and the intangibles. The athleticism's there, but I don't see the instincts and the intangibles uh, going through progressions, making the proper reads. I just don't see it with him. Now, maybe he'll mm-hmm. develop, but the bad thing about a quarterback is you got to play to develop. And he didn't play much in college. And his last year, he only played one game. I, I thought that was crazy, them trading the house to get him. I was against that pick. I thought the Niners really screwed it up and if you look at John Lynch and that front office, they have made all the right moves for a few years now. And this is, you know, they've been close. To, they were in one Super Bowl and they almost made it last year, but they really missed on that one. Yeah, no, I agree with you. We're going to take a quick break right now. Uh, a fast one. Don't go anywhere on our audio side. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors on YouTube. And welcome back to The Hangover. Thank you for sticking tuned with us. We're st- going to be talking about some more storylines for the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the 49ers this upcoming week. Uh, but before we do so, Shannon, do you, do you have any um, rules or anything you want to plug in? No. Uh, my next um, – I'll be doing another stock report this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since it wasn't a game, we won't have a game till, you know, to write about till next week. Pretty much just going to write about stock up or stock down for the offense, defense, and special teams, uh, maybe even coaching. Yeah. So – that's the next thing on the docket. Nice. So going back to the Pickett and Purdy conversation, you know, I think that I think one Purdy's going to be on a snap count. I know he played the last two preseason games or played in the last two preseason mm. season games, but from what I understand, he had a light workout the next week in preparation for this week so that he could be fresh. And surgery went a little bit. It took a little bit longer for it to happen. So 
I don't anticipate him probably having more than maybe 20 to 25 attempts. So I think there's going to be a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of maybe screens might be involved in there. So that might push it above that 25 attempts. You know, I think that we're going to see a lot of the short game when it comes to who do you think has to step up in this defense? Is it the nickel corner? Is it the the edge guys, especially with this team that has multiple ways of running the ball? It's going to be all the front seven. They're going to have to tackle. Tackle queen, limit yards after the catch. That's what the Niners do. Danahan's a master at getting the ball to Debo Samuel, Brandon Hook, Kettle, all them guys. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, he's, he's a master at getting them the ball where they can run with it. Uh, slants and reverses and sweeps. The, the offense is kind of a lot like uh, honestly, Matt Canada's in ways, and it's he's much better at scheming his receivers open mm-hmm. uh, and using them in a variety of way. And of course, Debo Samuel is maybe the most versatile and unique wide receiver in the game, and that he can run the ball out of the backfield, he can play out of the slot, he can play outside. There's really nothing Samuel can't do, and he's so difficult to tackle. Now, I believe the Steelers are a much better tackling team this year because Peterson can tackle. I think Porter has the ability. Now, he's going to have to prove it in the regular season. But we know the inside linebackers are all much more physical and much better tacklers in that middle of the field. So I don't think that it's going to be as huge a weakness as it's they've dealt with in the past. So, But I think that's going to be the key is the front seven doing their job and limiting yards after the catch because, as you said, I don't think they're wanting Purdy to throw deep. Yeah, and not only that, I think that that's a big part of their game. And also the fact that I think Purdy missed a lot of the early onset of training camp. And in my opinion, I think that they're going to try to run some simple stuff and yeah. keep it keep it kind of simple for him. He's missed a lot of time uh, and not not uh, not throw it deep. And I think that's going to work in the favor for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, when they played a more conservative role, which I believe was the last time that the Steelers played them, they weren't really throwing the ball deep. They were kind of keeping everything, you know, trying to get uh, down the field uh, with the short and the misdirection runs and the Steelers, you know, honestly, if they had a, um, a better quarterback in that game, I think they could have won that game. You know, that should was Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, they should have. Minka Fitzpatrick yep. um, was, it was his first game as a Pittsburgh Steeler and he had turnovers like crazy. And I think that that type of game can be replicated because I think that that's going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if we were to expect a very similar game plan to that, to keep the ball short and not force, you know, Purdy to throw the ball deep. You know, I think that that works for the Pittsburgh Steelers favor. You know, they're, they're underdogs, home underdog. I think that's a little bit disrespectful to a certain extent, but then again, they haven't proved in anything in regular season games yeah. yet. Right. Home underdogs. If I was a Steeler player, I'd still take it as disrespect, throw fuel to oh, the yeah. fire. You know what I mean? Uh, and go in their heads head on. When it comes to the cornerback position, though, a lot of new players. Do you, you know, one thing I didn't see in preseason uh, was Joy Porter Jr. playing with the first team. Steelers acquired Desmond King. Do you think that that could be an, you know, is there something there with Joy Porter maybe not th- seeing the field as much as we thought he would going into the uh, training camp? Well, I think they're, I thought that maybe they would try to use Porter or Trice uh, because of their length, yeah, working the slot especially against teams like the Niners who like to work Kittle out of the slot and, you know, mm-hmm. match Kittle up against a smaller slot guy. And I thought, well, that's the perfect opportunity to use Jerry Porter Jr. or Corey Trice to put that length on length. But now, of course, Trice is out for the season and they've only used Porter on the outside. If it becomes a passing game, let's say the Steelers get a lead or the Steelers, Keanu Benton, it's going to be more important this game than people realize because he has to control the middle of that line. He has to stop that running game because if you can, I believe the Steelers have the front seven to limit the damage on outside. 
how they'll be able to handle the interior. You know, they got Trent Williams. They got some excellent linemen. If mm-hmm. Benton can control that interior and, and make this game more of a passing game, then I think that you might see Patrick Peterson matching up with Kittle or whoever if they try to put size in the slot. I think the stores match up better than people realize. This is a game that those front those big three inside linebackers of Holcomb, Roberts, and Alexander are really going to earn, make their money mm-hmm. uh, because you're going to have to be super physical. I think we might see a forced fumble or two because these Niners don't go down easy. So not only are you going to have to hit hard, tackle hard, but you're going to try to strip the ball. And I think we're going to see that much more uh, creative turnovers from this inside linebacker group. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they're able to do. This is the our first time seeing them in live action. You know, uh, I'm still isn't is, is Holcomb getting the green dot? Do you think it's him? No, Holcomb is the green dot. Yes, that's what I thought. Of. So when it comes to uh, the other two outside linebackers, Quan Alexander and uh, Elandon Roberts, I'm curious to know. I'm curious to see who ends up getting more more snaps as the uh, in, in, uh, inside linebacker. I think in this game where you have so much speed, I think I would give the edge to Quan Alexander as far as getting more snaps, uh, just because of like I said, the speed of the 49ers offense and how they do things running the ball. I think that um, Quan Alexander can get in there and he can, he can lay the wood on as well. And he's not afraid to hit anybody, uh, but smaller, you know, shiftier backs and, and wide receivers, you know, Ray Ray McLeod's coming back. So we'll be seeing him, you know, you know, probably on some jet sweeps as well from the 49ers. I thought Ray Ray was out. Uh, I think he's not out completely yet, but I know he is injured. No, I, I, I thought he was out this game. Is he? But, uh, the last I heard he was, he wasn't going to get to play this game. I thought he was missing the first three weeks. I was reading something. It looked like he was on the sideline doing some, some workouts with uh, the other pe- persons that were injured. But now, I haven't checked in the last two weeks, but they said uh, two weeks ago that he would miss the first three weeks of the regular season. Therefore, he'd miss the Steeler game. But I have not looked since then. Yeah, but I still think we're probably going to get a heavy dose of Debo Samuel and, and Brandon Ayuk, you know, in the short passing game and even in oh, the yeah. running game. Oh, yeah. yeah, Debo Samuel is a part-time running back, a very good one as well. So, you know, I think that we might end up seeing more of Quan Alexander out there on the field this game. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Who do you think will end up getting the edge as far as snaps go between Quan Alexander and Landon Roberts? I think it's going to be a week-to-week matchup usage. Uh, I think Holcomb's going to be the full-time starter. I think Landon Roberts was brought in and told he was going to be a starter, and they already told Alexander, you know, he's dead. But mm-hmm. if he plays like he did in the preseason, you're not going to be able to keep him off the field. And so I think, like you said, it's going to come down to matchups. Roberts might be the best tackler on the team. Roberts mm-hmm. is a devastating tackler. He's very physical, and he doesn't miss tackles. You know, having him out there against McCaffrey, against Samuels, Samuels is so physical, you got to make him come. He's not your typical wide receiver. He's like Najee Harris at wide receiver. He will stiff arm you. He will he will put his shoulder down and truck you. You know, I thank God we don't have the pansy linebackers we had last year because I think that the, they'd have had a lot of trouble. These guys are going to put a hurting on some people. Uh, and if they give the ball to McCaffrey, try to run him a lot, it wouldn't shock me if McCaffrey, who is often injured, doesn't get banged up this game. Just That's a little prediction. Because right. if, if he tries to make a living against Roberts and Alexander, especially if he tries to take him on, Roberts will hurt him. I agree. And, you know, I think it's a fair point. You know, I think Roberts is the guy that is probably the best tackler, one of the best thumpers there. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he's ended up getting a little bit more snaps as well. But, you know, something tells me I think Quan gets the edge. Uh, but another player that's coming back for sure is Javon Hargrave, uh, at this point at least. Yeah. He'll be playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is uh, somewhat of, I guess, a revenge game for him. 
you know, the Steelers didn't end up matching what the Eagles were able to give him during his free agency uh, as when he left the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's been a little bit vocal about that, before, you know, in the past. You know, he's coming back to the Berg. Do you think he's going to be able to make a difference? Is he going to be a disruptor against this offensive line? Do you think that Malu or Daniels and, and Mason Cole can handle uh, Hargrave? Hargrave ought to thank the Steelers because yeah. Hargrave was never a 3-4 nose tackle. When Hargrave got to go to Philly and play a 4-3 defensive line position, interior line, that's when his career really blossomed. He was a good player for the Steelers. He was a great player for the Eagles, and he's going to be a great player for the 49ers. Hargrave is one of the best defensive linemen in football, and I'm super happy for the guy. I think he's a great guy, but the Steelers did him a favor. And when everybody was talking about, oh, the Steelers need to try to get Hargrave back, one, we knew they couldn't afford him, you know, this pass offseason. Also, he is not a fit for a 3-4. Normally, I would say, like last year when we played the Eagles, I was like, oh, no, because of that Eagles front four and front seven. But I, like I said, I have tons of faith in this offensive line right now. I think Somalu and Daniels are bookends around Mesa Cole, and I have faith that they will hold up on that interior, even against Hargrave. And I believe Dan Moore... We can't even judge Dan Moore based on the last two seasons because this is a different man. This is a different player. This guy went and he rebuilt his body. He dedicated himself to his diet, his training regimen. He, on his own, learned to play the right side. And nobody understands how difficult that is. It's not just like, well, I'm going to go over here and line up. It's everything's backwards. And you have to relearn it and relearn both. And you got to know what the, your right guard's responsibilities are and how you pick up this blitz and this stunt. And it, it takes a mental acuity and physical dexterity to do all this. And Dan Moore has proven that whenever Broderick Jones is ready, and I believe he might take that position at some point this year, I believe Dan Moore will uh, eventually take right tackle away from a core for I think a core for is a solid player, but I think Dan Moore is going to have a special season. I agree. And I think that Dan Moore is, I mean, he, he definitely took it up to a next level, you know, definitely opposite of what we saw with like, you know, Kevin Dotson, who's not on the team anymore. You know, it seemed like his attitude towards, the Steelers acquiring a, a uh, interior offensive lineman was significantly different than what, what Dan Moore, I mean, night and day difference. Right. Uh, so when it comes to the Steelers rushing, you know, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, I anticipate there's going to be some jet sweeps there. So Calvin Austin and maybe some others are going to get involved in that. How well does this team, what is the stat that the Steelers have to cre- make in the rushing game for the Steelers to be victorious? I'm thinking that somewhere around 150 yards as a team might be uh where they need to be. What What are your thoughts on how much, how many yards the Steelers need to get on the ground to be victorious in this game? Well, the Niners are very aggressive on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, they got some good defenders. Really, really, I mean, I was so envious of their inside linebackers last year. Warner is an absolute stud. They're, they play downhill, and they're always attacking. The Steelers are going to have to do the misdirection, the outside zone. They're going to have to hit some of these blocks. There's going to be a lot of times I'm afraid that it's, it's not going to be very meaty runs, but you got to stick with it, and you know, you'll hit something. We know the Warren has shown that ability to hit some bigger runs. And I think we're going to see more 10 to 15 yard runs from Harris this year because he's going to get to that second level. And, you know, he's a great stiff arm. He can hurdle. He's not easy to tackle. But the Steelers are going to have to stick with it. If the Niners are ultra aggressive, as I think they will be, this is the time to They've got so much skill position talent, and they've got a better line this year. So I want that play action back and the play action over the middle. And they, they in the preseason, was hitting some screen passes. When's the last time we've seen the Steelers hitting screens? But they hit some yeah. screen passes. They're going to have to do some misdirection. They're going to have to do some of the unexpected to 
consistently drive the ball down the field against the 49ers. I don't think they could just do what they done in the preseason and it'd be effective because the Niners, the Steelers didn't really game plan that much on offense and, you know, defenses don't either, but this is the real deal here. So I'm expecting uh, the Steelers to have to continue to show the aggressiveness that Pickett showed in the preseason um, and they're going to have to be patient. And I, I believe if they can do that, they can hit some play action against the Niners' aggressive defense. I think that's a possibility. You know, play action pass, though, was one thing that Kenny Pickett struggled with last season. I think that he's only successful on 51% of play action pass plays, which is probably a reason why uh, the Steelers didn't utilize it very often last year. I think throws uh, over the middle. I, I just I have to say this. The Steelers went away from the play action pass years ago for a couple reasons. When Ben was around, he didn't like to turn his back on the defense. He admitted that. But when they tried to bring it back towards the end of his career, and then last year, the offensive line was, they blew assignments up the middle all the time. You cannot have a play action game if you're weak up the middle on your offensive line because you're going to get the quarterback killed. You, you're It's turnover waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. You, you can't carry out your fake and turn around with a weak offensive line, you got a defender right in your face. And how many times did we see that last year? Especially out of guy like Dotson. Dotson just totally whiffed. And then they don't even take into account the year before with Kendra Green, who whiffed on blocks all the time. Mm-hmm. So I believe that the reason that Kenny Bigot was not successful on the play action, even though he did it limited, it was a limited amount, uh, was because he did not trust his line, and I don't blame him. Yeah, I think that had a lot to do with it, and him not trusting his offensive line. You know, there's a certain um, timing that has to go into play when it comes to play action pass. And I think last year, Kenny Pickett was a little bit antsy. You know, his feet were were moving around. He left mm-hmm. some clean pockets. And I think a lot has to do with that trust that you mentioned. You know, I don't think that he had very much trust in his offensive line. And he thought, you know, he had a certain clock and had to get rid of things. You know, this year is not that situation so far in what we've seen out of preseason. I, I think he's calmed his feet down tremendously. He looks calm and confident in the pocket. You know, that's the one thing that I've seen about Kenny Pickett thus far this preseason that I've really, really liked about him was those things. And it has helped because... The Steelers have done play action pass in the preseason and it's been successful. The Steelers have them down in the middle in preseason and it's been successful. And I think that's probably the main component. You know, I think that him getting his feet underneath of him and getting a base and not being, you know, ready to run around has also elevated his arm strength because he's able to get the ball out there. So I, I'm excited about what this team can do with Kenny Pickett as well. I do think that there's going to be more play action pass this year because of the fact that he's going to have more confidence in his in his offensive line. And I think that, you know, this team's going to be able to put up quite a bit of points. Is there anybody that you think of on the offense that's going to have a bigger game or a surprise, you know, surprise player that's going to put up some points or, or some incredible yards that you know, aren't the norm? It's not Deontay Johnson. It's not, you know, George Pickens, uh, Najee Harris. Any thoughts to that? Yeah, they have so many role players that are specialists. Uh, Calvin Austin, I-, I could see him having a couple of big punt returns, flip the field, get some jet sweeps. Again, the Niners are a fast defense and they're very aggressive, but if he can get the edge, we know that he can take it to the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that I think I've said all along, I, the guy who could be the only 1,000-yard receiver on this team because there's so many kill position guys, is Pat Fermey. I think especially if the Steelers get a lead and are able to run the ball effectively in the second half, then they're going to play action and, and work those shorter third down plays a lot to Fairmuth. I see Fairmuth's targets going way up. I think his effectiveness, I think he's going to be a top five tight end this year. And I think he will hit a thousand yards for the first time. But I think that Connor Hayward is the guy that nobody's going to see coming until later in the year. But there's really, Connor Hayward can do everything. If you need him to run the ball out of the backfield, he can. If you need him to go into slot, he can. He can even match up on the outside and try to get a linebacker on him. And, and Connor Hayward's not a great athlete, but he's, 
elusive. And he's instinctual. And he finds soft spots and zones. And he, he has sneaky speed. He gets behind guys. So I think Connor Hayward is going to be that X factor in multiple games this year because they're going to try to account for all these other weapons. And people are going to overlook Connor Hayward until it's too late and he's already burned you. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that he's going to have some mismatches, you know, in his favor on defenses because against defenses because of the fact that, you know, teams are going to be looking at other play, at other players on the team. And I think that he's going to end up um, popping off some big plays. I think you're absolutely right on that one. When it comes to the uh, the Steelers offense though, uh, what do you think about Darnell Washington's role? Do you think that is he going to give away of the uh, eligible linemen? Are we going to not see the swing tackle anymore with Darnell Washington on the field? If we do, who do you think is going to be that swing tackle? No, I think the swing tackle is going to be Broderick Jones. Okay. Uh, the Steelers want to get his feet wet. You know, again, like as the same thing with the quarterback. You got to be out there. You got to experience the the electricity, the 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 pressure, the crowd, the noise, the excitement, all that. And the only way to truly experience is to be out there. What better way to work Broderick Jones in is to put him out there. He's so mobile. You could even make him a tackle eligible because he's so mobile. He gets the football. He's like a huge tight end himself. And if you put Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington both out there and you're wanting to go heavy package, they're going to crush some lines. They're going to crush some teams. This offensive line, it can be a power blocking line. When you consider Broderick Jones as your third tackle and Darnell Washington is like a super athletic, but he can also catch the ball. So what's I think Darnell Washington starting out is going to really make an impression with his blocking. He can cave in that one side. Whatever side he's on, he can cave in and just totally set the edge. I think that he's going to do that. Teams and, def- and defenders are going to try to over-adjust and get ready for him doing that. And then they can play action off of it, and he's going to leave somebody in the dust because they're going to be afraid they're going to get run over, and he's just going to whiz right on by because he's fast. I think Darnell Washington, it's going to take him some time He's going to have a big role in the beginning as a blocker. But as that year goes on, I see him being very effective in play action and in the red zone. I think he's going to be huge in the red zone. Unintended. Unintended. He's a huge man. (laughs) Mount Washington. Exactly. So I think he's going to be huge in the end zone and the red zone. You know, I think they're going to throw it up to him quite a bit. You know, and he might end up being another guy that surprises a lot of people, which they shouldn't. You know, I was surprised he ended up making it to the third round. I think that's the biggest surprise that they have. So. Let's kind of go into what the Steelers have to do to win this game. When it comes to Kenny Pickett, I think that he has to uh, fully put up at least 250 yards. I think the defense will be able to handle the 49ers. I don't think that this team has to put up a lot as we were, you know, probably expecting that they would when the schedule came out and we saw the 49ers without the context of their injuries and things of that nature. So I think, you know, 250 yards, maybe two TDs through the air, uh, something like that is is enough for for the victory for Kenny Pickett. What kind of stat line are you looking for when it comes to KPA? Again, with me, I I care about the winning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, (laughs) You know, really, Daniel, it's been a long time since I thought that the Steelers had balance. Mm-hmm. When Ben was, you know, after they lost Bell, Ben and him could throw it. Up, but they, You know, the running game wasn't quite as good, and it kind of went downhill as the offensive line went downhill. Uh, then last year, they you thought they could run it, and they started running it better, but the passing game was a little, you know. This team, I think, has an opportunity to have balance. Mm-hmm. So it's really going to depend on what the Niners' defense looks like. If the Niners are really stopping the running game, I think Pickett might have to be a little more aggressive, and they're going to have to lean on him a little more. If the Steelers can establish that running game, then, you know, as you said, 250, a couple of touchdowns might be all they need out of Pickett. But I, I really believe they have the talent this year to do what's necessary to win the game. And and mm-hmm. that's what matters. Uh, so I don't want to make any predictions yet because I really don't know what to expect until we see the this Steelers 
offense matchup against that defense. No, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, on the defensive side, you know, how many how many turnovers do you think this defense is going to get in this game? Just kind of a prediction in that aspect. This defense is uh, pretty good, in my opinion. I think the pressure is going to get to them. They had a lot of interceptions last year. You think they get to, to Brock Purdy? Do you think they uh, pick him off a couple of times? Teams started keeping track of interceptions at training camp. I don't remember teams doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember a few years ago that Ben went all training camp and they said he didn't throw an interception. And he done it on purpose to show, you know, I don't think it matters. Training camp, is it doesn't really matter, just like preseason as far as the statistics. But teams are keeping up with that now. And they said that Purdy threw quite a few interceptions uh, in, in camp. To me, that's signaling that he's trying to be more aggressive. And if you're going to throw him, throw him in camp and throw him in the preseason, not in the regular season. They might come out and do the opposite of what me and you have been talking about. The Niners might try to take advantage of the Steelers' aggressive defense and, and try to throw the ball down the field. If that's the case, I think that plays into the Steelers' hands because, one, the Steelers' pass rush will get home. Mm-hmm. I know the Niners have got a good line, but the Steelers just got too many pass rushers. You're not going to stop everybody. And then you've got ball hawks in Fitzpatrick, Peterson, Kazee, King. I don't know how much he'll be able to play because he just got in town, but mm-hmm. they've got guys who are some ball hawks back there. But I'm expecting it to be a real hard-hitting game, and I'm expecting some forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe even a big fumble on a special team. And hopefully it's not the Steelers doing the fumbling. But hopefully they're <laughs> the ones recovering the fumble. But I just got a feeling it's going to be a really physical game from two teams that I think are – we know the Niners are good, but I think the Steelers are better than people and the national media are giving them credit for. So I expect a real competitive game. And that's when you, a lot of times you'll see some, some uh, fumbles and, and forced turnovers. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sack fumbles in this game against Brock Purdy. I think that the outside edge is going to be a relentless, you know, you have TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. And for the first time in my memory, you know, they got some backups that are pretty good at the pass rush as well. You know, for the longest time, there's been a little bit of a drop. I think maybe going back to when TJ Watt was the third guy behind James Harrison, maybe it was the last time that the Steelers had some good depth. Oh, and, a long time. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, it's been a while. And so I think that they have that now. <clears throat> It's not not going to be where the 49ers are going to be able to go into a, uh, you know, a, a hurry up to keep Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt off the field when they do get off the field. Right. I think mm-hmm. that if they do that, they're going to put themselves in a compromising position because they're going to have two fresh guys coming in that are capable and relentless on their own to get to the quarterback as well. So I'm excited about what this defense can do. I think they're going to pick off Bert Purdy a, a couple of times. I think they'll get to him a couple of times. I think that this defense is going to show show up, and they're going to end up having a lot of turnovers in this game. And I, I think you're right. The Steelers are a lot better of a team than what they're getting given credit for right now. I think mainstream media is starting to see it. You know, they're starting to talk about the Steelers in a different light. They're talking about make it differently. They're talking about you know this team and and how they can now maybe possibly contend for the North. And you know that's something we as Steelers fans have known for a while. The mainstream media is starting to catch up and catch on. I think it's going to be a good game. You know, the 49ers are favored by, I think, two or two and a half. Two and a um, half last time I seen them, yeah. Do you think that the uh, Steelers end up winning this game? And Yeah, actually, I, it's got a feeling. I mean, sometimes it's a gut feeling. I respect the Niners. They're a great franchise, a great front office, great coaching staff, tons of talent. But they're coming across country. The Steelers have won two, their last two season openers on the road. Underdogs, pretty big underdogs. Now they're underdog at home. Their first home game in, what, eight years or however long. Uh, playing a West Coast team coming across the country. We know that the Niners lost last year under similar circumstances to the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Uh, I just think the Steelers are going to win this game. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. 
It's going to come down to execution and, you know, who makes those mistakes, those turnovers we're talking about. You know, one thing about it, when you're talking about running backs, McCaffrey will put the ball on the ground sometimes, Mitchell. We know Najee Harris is, uh, don't want to jinx anything, but he's got really good ball security. Uh, Jalen Warren and his limited you know, young career. I just, I, I feel confident. Uh, one thing we were talking about earlier about the pass rush, not mm-hmm. just the pass rush, but the turnovers, all the stuff we've been talking about, the Steelers yeah. inside linebacker group as a whole last year had one splash play. And if I was thinking it was a fumble recovery, I don't think there was any interceptions, no forced fumbles. I don't think anybody had a sack. I, it was ridiculous. It was almost like they wasn't out there. Yeah. So this year will be different, guys. Mark my words. You're going to see a totally different interior defense because of these inside linebackers. I agree. I agree. For me, you know, I think the Steelers are going to definitely, I I shouldn't say definitely. I think the Steelers are going to pull in. I think it's going to be tough at first, but I think, I think the Steelers end up winning. I think they win by at least a touchdown or so. I don't think it's going to be as close. I don't think it's going to be a, uh, you know, something that's going to go down to the wire foot of Chris Boswell or, or Matthew Wright. I don't think that's going to be the situation. I think it's going to it's going to be a tough game early, but I think that the Steelers are going to end up pulling it out. That's my thoughts. Uh, do you have any final words, uh, Shannon, before we let everybody out? Uh, anything? I know you're coming up on the uh, Pump Your Breaks on Wednesday. Anything in particular you want to plug in? We've got the, the contest, I think, into the day mm-hmm. uh, about the tickets for week one because, you know, you had to uh, have time to get everything, pick the winner, get the tickets. To, uh, and so to make it to week one, but really good response from that and we're seeing our, the site grow and uh it's still curtain network and fans first and we just appreciate everybody and it's just been great and we've had there's such a strong family of podcasts here and there's something for everybody and mm-hmm. uh, with uh, pump your breaks being a new podcast me and tate and big g it's it's been uh we're just really blessed at the faithful support that we've been getting and and just look forward to having a really magical season with with everybody yeah i'm looking forward to this season as well i think Steelers are going to make some surprises one of the weird things that i've been hearing from some of the, like the sports beat writers here recently were that you know, this isn't the year for the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl. They just want to win a playoff game. I don't think that's the mentality at all. You go into that building, Never it's, it's getting team. it's getting number seven. And yeah. it's always number seven until getting number eight, right? I, I think that the mentality of Pittsburgh Steelers are right now that the window is wide open and they're they're going to be able to jump through it this year if, you know, they stay healthy and, and go in the direction that we think they will. This is the first test. This is a big one. Pittsburgh Steelers versus the 49ers, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Don't miss it. Uh, Shannon, you want to take us out? With pleasure.